You're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I will recap and analyze the fifth episode of Chuck, Chuck versus the Sizzling Shrimp. Remember to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Like and subscribe. Aaron is forcing me to read this. Here we go. With the Chucknicks, with the Chuckaneers, Chuckaroonies, the Chuckheads. What the Chuck's going on with you? How you doing? This is What the Chuck. I uh, got a great show for you today. We got a good talk. Uh, learned some things. It was interesting. I put information in my ears and my brain held on to it. So much going on. All this nonsense. Everything. It just... You know, the phone, I just don't need it anymore. What's the deal with the phone? Sometimes I wish I could delete the phone itself. I was in the South recently. Good people down there. I had some good barbecue. And there's good times. There's a lot of misconceptions about the South. I had misconceptions about the South. But I got to hang out and I got to talk to people. And you know what? They're good people. This country is full of good people. And we often forget about it, including myself. And that's not great. And you know what? That's part of the problem. That's part of the issue. That's something here on What the Chuck that we discuss. My good talk today is with someone who I thought was very interesting. I talked to Erin Arada. We, we had a chat. She came into my garage and we talked about things. I didn't really know that much about her, but I feel like I left the interview and I know much more about Aaron Arata than I did before. And it's a really good talk. So let's let's dive right into it now. What the Chuck Nicks. Aaron, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you for being here on What the Chuck. It's great to be here. It's it's an honor to have you here. Wow, that's that's really nice to it's hear great. coming so, from you. So who who are you guys, Aaron? Ooh, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I have a lot of guys. Um, my my cat Templeton, one of my guys, one of my one of my top guys, I would say. I have so many cats. You, you have I can't a lot keep of cats? track of all my cats. That's, my cat recently passed away. It seems made me like sad. A problem. I have so many homeless cats that just live in my house and around my it, house. It sounds like they're not homeless if they're living in your house. One of them got shot by the Secret Service when the president was here. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't President know Obama that. sat in that seat. It was a big moment for me. Because here I am, a guy living his life, being a comic, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing, and then all of a sudden, President Obama's in my garage. That sounds like uh, that sounds like a big moment. Can I ask you something, Aaron? Please, please do. What does Lauren Michaels think of me? Um, that's a it's a tough question. I don't want to speak out of turn about uh, Lauren's opinions. I think maybe you should ask him, but uh, the prognosis is not looking good. Because I I saw Lauren Michaels once. Mm-hmm. He was in the grocery store. What was, what was he? He was in the there? cereal aisle. Okay. And he seemed to be having a hard time deciding what cereal to buy. Okay. And that I suggested like he tries he try out the special K. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hmm. Well, and then he picked up 
Captain Crunch. That's the opposite of Special K. So then I left the conversation. I was like, I don't know where I stand with Lauren. I know he's a mysterious figure. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? He's, he's very mysterious, especially about his cereal. He has uh, a lot of preferences. Well, thanks for coming in, Aaron. This has been a great talk. It's I really feel like we, we built some bridges. We cleared some things up. We did. Thank you for having me. Anytime. That, there it is, folks. What the Chuckineers. That was my talk with Aaron Arata. I'm going to go play some guitar now. Be good to each other. Try not to, to get dragged down by all the shit that's out there. This has been What the Chuck. You're listening to Go Chuck Yourself, the podcast that is solely dedicated to the television program, Chuck. My name is Chris Gillespie. My name is Aaron Arata. We're here, we're going to talk about episode 5 of the series, Chuck. It is entitled Chuck vs. the Sizzling Shrimp. Ouch, that was hot. (laughs) Aaron, how's it going? It's going okay. Here we are. Um... It's good? It's going okay? Yeah. Your uh, your last bit reminded me that my mother once ran into Danny DeVito in the cereal aisle of the grocery store. Where did your mom see him uh, at the grocery store? Wh- what do you mean? Like, Which where was state it? And, state, city, uh, doesn't matter. Bethel, Connecticut? Oh. He was just there. Just there. He was just hanging out. out. Yeah. Danny DeVito. Interesting. He, uh, he eats food just like the rest of us. What a normal guy. Yeah. Celebrities. They're just like us. Interesting. Yep. Speaking of celebrities, I... Uh, I had an interesting experience on a bus recently. Do share. Because I was on the bus, I was going from New York to New Hampshire, and on that bus ride, uh, or I guess I was on the bus from New Hampshire to New York, Mm -hmm. and I was editing previous episodes of this show. Doing the Lord's work. Right, and I know that's probably hard for listeners out there, because you're like, wow, I can't believe that that's edited. Right, and you're like probably a little disappointed because you're thinking like it's still this unpolished and someone <laughs> went through and edited it yes i did uh an interesting fact what wouldn't you know interesting fact about episode three of this show chuck versus the tango what if i told you that it lines up perfectly with the 2015 film the intern starring robert <laughs> de niro and anne hathaway i would be very surprised if you told me that as you should be, because I'm not going to tell you that, because it does not line up exactly oh, with the movie. All right, well. There is no correlation between episode <laughs> three of this show and The Intern. It's a shame. Um, have you ever seen The Intern? I have not. No. Wait. No, I've seen The Internship. I have not seen The Intern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Robert De Niro plays a retired person mm-hmm. who's looking to do something, so he gets an internship at this cool startup that mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway is the, the hipster CEO of. I've heard it's pretty good. I just watched it on mute as I listened oh, okay. to the audio of episode three That's of the nice. show and tried not to fall asleep because I was on a bus and it was rainy and the intern was playing and I feel like the intern <laughs> has the ability to lull people it's into very the calming deepest presence. sleep. Very calming. Yeah. I was like, there's not a whole lot of action going on the screen. Robert De Niro is being like a father figure towards Anne Hathaway. Okay. He kind of becomes, he starts as an intern, becomes her assistant and becomes like a nanny to her daughter. That's nice. Kind of weird. A little weird. I would let Robert De Niro be a nanny to my daughter, though. Yeah. He can do what he wants. True. And then also on this bus ride, on the opposite bus ride, so this was New Hampshire to New York, I had just edited two other episodes of this show for, so I was doing that for roughly the entire commute, so I was doing that for a very long time, and I was tired, and the home stretch 
uh, going up from the Massachusetts border to New Hampshire. I was sitting in the back of the bus and I was tired and I was just looking straight ahead and I saw someone on a, with a smartphone in front of me, like ways up the bus and I was looking at the screen and I was like, I'll be darned if that does not look like an episode of Chuck. And I was like, I think I'm losing my mind. Why is that person watching Chuck? It can't be Chuck. And then I stood there or I sat there and I looked at it and sure enough, this person was watching oh an God. episode of Chuck. That's amazing. It was an episode much further along than where we it's are. okay. Making a comeback, baby. So I think we're, you know, this show obviously is having a huge amount of influence on people. Yes, yeah. Uh, they probably listened to our show that it's not out yet. Exactly. And they, uh, they want it in. It was kind of like going into a time machine mm -hmm. because I got to see the characters were older. They looked a little wow. different. There were, there were other new characters anymore. there. Not 26 Ooh. anymore. And I was like, what's going on? I don't want to watch this. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> So that was crazy. That was the only thing that someone was watching on the bus was an episode of Chuck, and it wasn't me. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Two two Chucksters. Just two Chucksters. Chilling on the bus to New Hampshire. Maybe New Hampshire is like the capital of Chuck watchers. Oh man, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I I mean I see no evidence to the contrary. Sure. So then it must be a a real thing. I think so. Absolutely. Okay. New Hampshire, capital of Chuck. Um, do you want to tell anyone what you're wearing right now? Uh, that's a. <laughs> That's a little bit of a, a personal what are you question. Wearing, Chris? <laughs> well, I am. This is a very special episode. Uh, and while I was in New Hampshire, I found this gem <laughs> in the basement. It is the Buy More Polo shirt, the employee uniform that they wear, the Buy More employees, the green shirts. I own one of those shirts. I'm He's, currently wearing it. It's really getting into character. Really, it's really getting, getting into, character. into the mindset of some of the uh, characters in this episode. Yes, I am. I alluded to this shirt in a previous episode. Here I am, and I'm wearing it. And you know what? It's not as comfortable, or I mean, it's not as uncomfortable as I made it seem. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. Is it as ugly and form-fitting as I thought it was? Or does um, it look like, okay? No, it looks fine. You yeah. look like, other than your uh, salmon-colored shorts, you look kind of like a Vimeo employee. Sure. So, like mean, one of the guys that would be standing in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Like... I was looking at their names this episode, and um, I wish that I had written some of them down. I'll, I'll do it next time, but they have name tags, and they all had... They had pretty fun names, like uh, like Rizzo and like uh, Fletch. Well, Those are yeah. fun names. Yeah, fun names. Yep, so that's what I'm wearing. I'm you. wearing a Buy More shirt. We'll yep. get a visual of it and put it up yeah. on a, a digital screen yeah. near you. Sounds... So you we get could the do full that. experience. Um, unfortunately, Chris is not wearing a name tag. Um, he doesn't need one because I know who he is, but I do have this uh, Walmart name tag if you want to um, betray... That has your name right. on it, though. It does, it does. Well, I'll, I'll put that on. Okay. So that then makes we me can feel both a little bit be, better. Yeah, now we're doing well. Except that makes me, like, a large Mart employee, so... Uh, oh, now know. we have beef. Yeah. Sorry about that. Could you help me find a lock for my door? No, absolutely not. No okay. one works in this door. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I'll just walk around until I find a guy in a, a duster, a leather duster coat. <laughs> he can help you, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But it's important. It's not important. But it's relevant that I'm wearing this green shirt because the green shirts play a they uh, do a big role in episode yeah. five of Chuck. It's very exciting. Which we're gonna recap in just a moment. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back and we're gonna talk about episode five of Chuck. Chuck versus the sizzling shrimp. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
And we're back with Go Chuck Yourself, episode 5. We're talking about Chuck versus the sizzling shrimp. We're going to dive right into this episode. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Do we actually hear any shrimp sizzle in this episode? We do not. All right, well, not as advertised. So, uh, not to not to jump ahead, but I don't know if this episode is going to hold up. <laughs> But we'll Not find to out jump ahead. Now. Not to jump ahead. <laughs> um, the episode starts with our our good old pal Morgan, who is having an event called an evening with Morgan, which he has invited Chuck and Sarah to. He says it's Sarah's uh, chance to kind of prove herself. Chuck has clearly not told Sarah about this, and when she finds out, she is less than enthused. Um, a weird thing that I noticed about this that doesn't really have any bearing on the plot, but Morgan is clearly saying an evening with Morgan, and whenever Sarah refers to it. She refers to it as an evening of Morgan, so I don't know what that means, but uh, she, she should listen better as a spy. She should be able to uh, hear the words that people are saying. And this is one of the many reasons. This is the attention to detail that we bring <laughs> you listeners here on Go Chuck yep. Yourself. Um, there's a man. His name is Lee Cho. He is coming out of a Chinese embassy. We cut to him next. He's talking on the phone to his sister and telling her he's not in any danger. He's about to get into this car on an empty street, and the shadiest van in the entire world pulls up next to his car on this empty street, so there is plenty of space, um, and he, he no, neither this man, Lee Cho, or his driver thinks anything's weird about that until Lee Cho is literally kidnapped by masked men. So, I don't think that his sister was, like, paranoid of him being in danger. I think she was just paranoid of him as a normal citizen going about his day-to-day -day life because he seems like an idiot. <laughs> Hot take coming in. Um, the logo on the van that kidnaps this guy is the same as the logo for the Chinese restaurant menu that Morgan had at the beginning. Mm. Um, we have a fun little scene where Morgan takes Sarah and Chuck to Chinatown to get the aforementioned sizzling shrimp from the aforementioned restaurant. Um, we see this scene where Morgan kind of seems like he's about to buy drugs from this, like, shady man, and um, then we find out that he's actually into buying fireworks, and this man is a fireworks salesman. And for a government agent who knows the law, Sarah's fine. Sarah's like, yeah, get those fireworks. Chuck is the one who has to talk Morgan down. <laughs> um, they go into a Chinese restaurant, but it's closed for a private party. Which I thought was because they had, like, kidnapped this guy, mm -hmm. but um, it seems like it really is just a private party. <laughs> um, Chuck flashes on one of the waitresses that is a Chinese uh, spy called Mei Ling. Um, so Casey makes him look at spy information all night to see if he flashes on anything to figure out why she's there. And he flashes on her tattoo specifically. Yes, right. Which, uh, I think a side effect of watching Chuck, and I re this is something that has been with me since I initially watched Chuck, Ten years ago, or what have you, is that whenever I see a tattoo on someone, kind of unexpectedly, <laughs> I, flash on I it? always kind of pretend to flash in my head, or That's like really I weird. think that I, I wish know. that I, I flash that. on it. Like I don't do a whole flash face, but in my imagination, I do, and think like, what if that person was a wow. an international was a arms dealer? Or I don't think spies should have tattoos if people can flash on them. I mean, I guess people can't flash on them, but like that's an identifying feature that you can't get rid of. Yeah, spies definitely should not have tattoos. Yeah. Chuck point. proved that. Thesis that Chuck proved. Um, the next morning, Ellie's doing what she does best and being super passive-aggressive. 
I thought she was being kind of rude to Chuck until she said that because Chuck stood her up to go study spy information, uh, Ellie had to hang out alone with Morgan. Mm-hmm. So I felt better about it, and it was it was really nice to be on Ellie's side again. This episode was a pretty good Ellie episode. Um, not so good was that Chuck tells Ellie that Sarah has a spastic colon. That was a fun. That was a fun little time. But because Ellie's asking why, like why was he paying yeah. so much attention to yeah. Sarah, and he was, ex- or why couldn't Sarah come over? He, and he's yeah, saying that she has a okay. issues, and then Ellie's like, "Well, I'm a doctor." Yeah, and then Chuck says, "Spastic colon." Well, he specifically says, "Such a beautiful girl with such a spastic <laughs> colon." It's a good line. And I, uh, I thought about this long and hard, and I think that phrase applies to all of the women in my life. Wow. Every That's... last one of them. Even even uh, your cat Lola. Beautiful women with spastic colons. <laughs> that's that's just what you attract. Only children, beautiful women, spastic colons. Yes, so many spastic colons. Um, we have some great, really really clunky dialogue between Ellie and Chuck about how they celebrate Mother's Day in October. We don't really know <laughs> the reasons for that until later, um, but we this does come up a lot because that is like a thing that Chuck is going to have to do. We establish it early. Um, we know something's going to go wrong with it, but. We established that this is a very important thing in Ellie and Chuck's life. Mm-hmm. Even though they say it's Mother's Day and it's in October. Yeah. So it's something. Something weird. Afloat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be- meanwhile, at the Buy More, um, I meant to write Big Mike, but I wrote Bike Mike. Bike Mike. Like Mike. Bike Mike <laughs> is the sequel to Like Mike. Um, Big Mike institutes a 24 hour sales competition for the green shirts, much like my good friend Chris here. First prize is an iPhone. Second prize is a large pizza, which, like, I would really be into second prize, actually. Mm. Um, Morgan is really bad at selling things. We get some fun scenes of him, like, attempting and failing really badly to sell things. Um, So he begs Chuck for help, which I don't know if Chuck presumably started as a green shirt or if it's just, like, assumed that Chuck is better at, like, has sales experience, but I don't really know why Morgan doesn't ask, like, someone else who is, like, one of the green shirts. Well, I think it's because Morgan is so codependent on Chuck. That's true. That he turns to Chuck for everything in his yeah, life. that's true. From food to shelter to... <laughs> All things. S- socializing. Yeah. And also, third prize, is there a third prize? Third prize was a small pizza. No, Morgan, Morgan says, is it a small pizza that's not really uh. a prize? And then he says, third prize is you get to keep your job. Right. And so, then everyone else is fired. Everyone else. Last place is fired. Morgan does not want to be fired. No. Um, but unfortunately, Chuck cannot help Morgan because he has plans to go to a stakeout with Casey and Sarah. But he says that he's going to try to do both things. Mm-hmm. Um, setting himself up for failure. At the stakeout, Chuck, Sarah, and Casey see Mei Ling, the spy... Um, follow a limo with a guy called Ben Lo Pan, who supposedly owns half of Chinatown. Um, the limo stops, Casey and Sarah get out and follow Mei Ling into this kind of like poker club establishment, and they tell Chuck to stay in the car. Um, that is a recurring theme, Chuck staying in the car, that he is not quite starting to like chafe at yet, but um, he's, he's like, oh, typical, like I have to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Morgan shows up at Chuck's house for practice, um, which Chuck obviously is not there. Ellie is there alone. Morgan makes a comment about staying there permanently if he gets fired, and Ellie says she'd rather just change the locks. So apparently, it is possible for members of the Bartowski household to recognize a threat, alert others, and then go buy a new lock. 
What a surprise. This is groundbreaking yes. information. This was the biggest twist this episode. Finally, please in. change the yes, locks. Please change the locks. Don't go to large bar to buy the <laughs> locks because you're not going to find them. Go yeah. to a different store, get the locks, secure your home. Yes. If you leave this episode, this listening experience with any information, <laughs> it's that you need to have good locks yes. on your doors, secure your homes so that ninjas do not break into them. Neither ninjas nor Morgan. Correct. Uh, what did you think? The next scene is um, a, a shootout between Mei Ling and the people in this kind of club. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of this scene? I thought it was, I thought the way that it was shot was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. They're turning over tables and yeah. they're shooting and stuff. I was kind of taken by, because the main bad guy, like the mafia boss, mm-hmm. is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And despite all these opposing people with guns, mm-hmm. no one was able to shoot or Nobody shot the man in a wheelchair that was wheeling through because he wheels through the middle of the room very slowly yeah, by himself. That's a that's one step too far. No one could do that, even if he's a bad guy. Shoot a guy in a wheelchair? Yeah, that's that's a low blow. Can't do it. I don't know. It's I was just rules. kinda surprised that it seemed like he would have been caught in the crossfire a little bit. Yeah, oh well. It was an easy target. He, I don't know. He was not. That's what I took away from um, also that that he the only role I know this is a famous actor mm-hmm. and I wish I knew that beforehand, but mm. the only movie performance that I recognized him oh, from no. was from, what do you think it is? I, well, I guess you wouldn't have seen him in Kung Fu Panda, so it no, can't be that, but okay, what is it? Uh, R.I.P.D. Oh my god. Oh my god, he was in that! Yeah. He's Ryan Reynolds, I think. Yep. And, uh... It's a beautiful fact. That's the only thing I recognized him from. I was like, oh, it's the guy from R.I.P.D., and then I hated myself because I remember that R.I.P.D. is a movie. <laughs> And yeah, it's I not, hate myself that I've seen R.I.P.D. It's not... The worst thing isn't that you didn't recognize this famous actor. It's Correct. that you saw R.I.P.D. Correct. I, I also saw R.I.P.D. because it was filmed by Emerson, and I wanted to uh, see the street that we yes, lived on. Yes, that's what I So, just tell wanted. yourself that's the reason you saw it, and not because you were like a little bit interested in if it would be okay. Well, I think I started off being a little interested in it, I wanted to see if I recognized the scene that I saw when they mm. were on set doing. Yeah. But then after that point, I was so mystified by how bad it was <laughs> that I was in a trance of being like, how is this movie so bad? <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, what are they doing? And I watched the whole thing yeah. on TV. Mm-hmm. With commercials, too. Oh, I watched it in theaters, so I don't Ooh. know which one of us did worse. You did. <laughs> yes, you paid money I paid to see money it. For it. Anyhow, we're and talking about Chuck. Yeah, so um, our friend our friend Ben escapes from the shootout in his wheelchair and runs right into Chuck, who has heard gunshots and got out of his car. Um, Chuck sees this man in a wheelchair and is like, I will help you into your limo. But when um, Ben is ordering a, a bound and gagged Lee Cho into the trunk, Chuck realizes that he may have made a mistake. Right then, uh, Mei Ling, who is awesome at acrobatics and mm-hmm. like kung fu kind of stuff, shows up. She's got her guns ablazing. Um, we learn that as the limo drives away, we learn that Lee Cho is Mei Ling's brother, and Ben Lopan is not just a harmless man who owns half of Chinatown, he is a member of Triad, the Chinese mafia. Mm. So Mei Ling was just trying to rescue her brother. Chuck feels really bad about this, um, and thinks that it's his fault that Lee Cho might get killed. Sarah and Casey tell him to let it go because they can't save everyone. Very the dark, grim reality of being spies. Yeah. 
But uh, the rest of the episode is about them trying to save him, so... Yes, because they, um, they can save everyone. Right, they just have to be persuaded to do that. Yes. Um, Chuck goes to work, and persuading him to do that is Mei Ling, who calls him on the nerd herd line. Um, she asks for his help, and we have another weird Amazon subtitle snafu. Ooh. Um, he asks where she is, and she says, not near the sorority girls. Then we see these pretty girls like holding CDs and mm. laughing and standing next to a cardboard cutout. Um, on Amazon, the subtitle said, not near the Kelly Clarkson display. So, Ooh. I don't know if that was a line that, like, they cut out because they couldn't, I don't, I don't know, but, like, feasibly that shot could have been a Kelly Clarkson display because mm-hmm. they're holding CDs and there's, like, a cardboard cutout of, like, a woman's figure. So, I don't know what could have happened there, but Amazon subtitles had a line that was not. So, the, the captions must be taken from copies of this a script at I some guess, point yeah and then when they were filming it or editing it mm-hmm. they had to change mm-hmm. the script because maybe Clarkson kelly was Clarkson not into was, being in charge was not her record label yeah. probably was yeah. not that's interesting that yeah. would be really funny it's funnier if it's a kelly Clarkson display yeah because it's more specific yeah but huh so, interesting this is the uh amazon, amazon that's something benefit. i wouldn't have gotten for my yeah. dvd so i appreciate that um, Mei-Ling tells Chuck he's a dead man if he tells anyone about their call, so he immediately goes and tells Sarah and Casey about the call. I was very surprised that Mei-Ling didn't just blow him away right there, because, you know? <laughs> end of the show. Yep, end of the show. Um, later, after he's talked to Sarah and Casey, Mei-Ling tricks Chuck into going into the storage cage, puts a gun to his head, Sarah and Casey show up and tell her that if she defects, they will help her rescue her brother. She says if she defects, she can never go back to China and be with her brother. Um, it's a dilemma, but Chuck helps her decide that a live brother is better than dead brother. Mei-Ling, of course, at this point, is dressed like a postal worker. That's true. We have a lot of women dressed as postal workers. That's what I'm thinking. This is the second character that we Is this a fetish that, that the writers of Chuck have? Wait do, you, wait, do you not have a fetish for women in postal uniforms? I mean, my dad is a mailman, so, like, I don't know. I've seen... I'm All right, we're, we're entering rocky waters right there, so I'll uh, turn us around. Uh, I just think do. it's interesting that they... It seems like if you want to sneak into this plaza yeah. and you're a woman yeah. assassin, yeah. just put on a baseball hat and carry a package and people will just let you go wherever. <laughs> That's true. Um... Sarah, Casey, and Mei-Ling meet up that night to make a plan. Chuck is doing Mother's Day with Ellie. Um, Casey interrupts and says that he needs help decorating or some, some such thing, so Chuck goes over there supposedly really quickly. Um, unlike in the last episode where Chuck alluded to a spy store in the Bymore Plaza, this episode, <laughs> when they refer to cameras and Chuck says he knows about them, it's because he says they used to sell them at the Bymore. Thankfully. Thankfully. But now I'm, I was pissed because I was like, no, he could have seen them at the spy yeah. shop. <laughs> if you're going to introduce the spy shop, yeah. just only use the spy shop. Yep. Instead of the buy more. Yeah. I don't know. Fortunately, not brought up again. Or maybe it will be. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, Chuck gets unlisted to help because he knows about these cameras. It's really stressful be- for him because it's super important that he get back to uh, Mother's Day with Ellie. Um... I wanted to ask you here, everyone was kind of acting like what happened with Ben and the Nicho getting kidnapped is like Chuck's fault. Chuck obviously feels very guilty about it, which I thought was kind of an aspect of his character, mm-hmm. but like everyone, Sarah, Casey, and also Mailing are acting like Chuck owes her, like that it's his fault that this happened. And I guess like we saw him make an assumption based on like the information he got from the intersect that like 
Ben wasn't a bad guy, but I don't really know if this is on Chuck. Like, this man got kidnapped. He, he would have been kidnapped regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's totally on Chuck. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit of hindsight bias, because Chuck yeah. was just helping a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. And how he couldn't have known before that he was the bad guy. Yeah. And then also they probably would have still put the guy in the back of the, the trunk anyways, yeah. even if Chuck didn't assist the man in the wheelchair. Yeah. Perhaps. So, so, I don't know. I think from, like, Chuck's perspective, I could see, like, him blaming himself, but everybody else blaming him, I don't know. Well, because one of the big... The... I guess this will be uh, something that would probably get brought up later, but I think thematically mm-hmm. that they probably had the idea for the uh, Chuck and Ellie mm-hmm. plot line yes. before, and then they worked through the, okay, well, what if we have another plot line that's about siblings, yeah. and Chuck is trying to reunite two siblings, even yeah. though he's being kept from his own sibling. Yep. So it's tangled web being woven here on Chuck. So tangled, and Chuck makes it even more tangled, because at one point he just he refers to them as one big, wacky, transatlantic family. Did you, uh, do you have any comments on the use of transatlantic? I do, actually. Okay. Um, because if you, let me pull out my map <laughs> right here, so you can see, uh, Chuck takes place in Burbank, California. Oh, yes, I see. Okay, and then there's a big body of water, and then, uh, there's all of continental Asia, mm-hmm. and so, in between these two continents, the body of water mm-hmm. is actually the Pacific Ocean. Oh, wow. Uh, so, all, albeit... Chuck could be thinking of how we refer to Asia as the Far East, mm-hmm. which it also is because our planet's a globe, mm-hmm. so it is both East and West. Mm-hmm. So you could cross the Atlantic Ocean over here mm-hmm. and then go across Africa and Europe and then get into Asia. That's true, you could do it. But I think modern times would be faster to just go over the Pacific and that people probably think of, at least in America, think of Asia as being over the Pacific, not so much over the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And that was my geography corner. Thank you. For, that, uh, did you pick up on that as well? Did uh, I did not, but uh, Amazon did for me. So okay. that was very nice. Well, you don't need Amazon because you got great me. streaming service. I yeah. will deliver any packages <laughs> that you want. I will find any kind of video content or music that you want to listen to. Um, you heard it here first. Chris is replacing Amazon. Not, just, not for everyone, but just for you oh, specifically. Oh, just for me specifically. Yeah. Okay. No, this is not like a worldwide deal. All right. It'll just be for you personally. Um, we have a rare, nice moment from Morgan here, um, where he's about to make a sale to a woman, and she says that she's buying, like, I don't know what she was buying, like, something for her sick nephew, and Morgan encourages her to go buy the same thing at Large Mart for $50 cheaper, and I really like this, because, like, we mostly see Morgan being annoying, and I kind of wish that we had more things like this to show that, like, there is a reason Chuck hangs out with him, like, he is a nice guy. I was also thinking that after yeah. watching this episode that I yeah. wish there was more redeeming qualities used to characterize Morgan. Yeah. Because I feel like oftentimes he's just characterized as a comedic character. Yeah. And he's in such a way that it kind of makes him feel less like an actual Mm. multi-dimensional character and just like a weird little creepy joke guy. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point that that scene actually makes sense. It was nice. I know we're only five episodes in, but like I want to see more of like sweet moments for Morgan and like Mm-hmm. reasons why he's around other than that he's funny so yeah. that was nice thanks writers of chuck and um, then that moment gets ruined because oh yeah. jeff and lester try to come help morgan <laughs> seal help the deal with the sale and by doing that they berate morgan yeah. and scare the woman and she 
even though she offers her phone number to mm-hmm. Morgan. She takes it back. She takes it back. Which is something you can't do in the year 2018. I mean, I guess if you, you handed could. somebody your card, you could take it back. Yeah. But if you, like, put it into somebody's phone, you can't be like, can I have my number back? Yeah, well, just don't put it in the other person's phone. All right. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's your option. Um, at the uh, stakeout later, um, Chuck stays in the van. He's watching the camera monitors while Casey, Sarah, and Mailing break into Ben's mansion. Things are going pretty well. We see uh, Casey, Sarah, and Mailing like, take out some guards. Um, but when they get into, like, the study where Ben is, a bunch of other guards rush out and tie them up. Um, Ben is planning to use Casey, Sarah, and Mailing to extort money from the U.S. government. So, not, not a great guy. Um, Chuck is the only member of this mission who's free, so Casey tells him to go home. Chuck, of course, does not go home. Mm. Uh, he follows Ben and his hostages back to the Chinese restaurant. He's waiting outside, and he sees the firework guy again, and that gives him a little idea. So we get to see Chuck, um, although he is not a spy, I really like the moments when Chuck shows like some of his intelligence, because clearly he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. and I like to see him have a little plan. He puts fireworks in the restaurant van, which lures all the guards out to see what's going on and like why the van is exploding, and then Chuck sneaks into the restaurant and frees the team. I don't know why, like, not, like, one guard stayed behind, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> if my van had fireworks coming out of it, maybe. Would the... Do you think if you put fireworks in a van... And don't try this at home. <laughs> uh, would the van explode? I don't know. Like, if a firework shot into the engine area, if, like, a bunch of them did that, would it then explode? Yeah, probably. Or if it, like, went up through the roof, because we just see, like, all the fireworks... They just like, go directly come... out the windows. Yeah. And it looks really cool. Yeah. Maybe the way Chuck positioned them, but I feel like, I don't know, if there's a lot of fireworks in there, probably one of them is going to hit something. You think car insurance would cover, like most car insurance plans would cover firework damage in cars? Hell yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to have to get car insurance soon, so I'll, you will. I'll let you know, okay, but cool. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't. I'm going to pl- I'm gonna plant some fireworks in your soon-to-be car. And, all right, uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Chuck, because of all the things that are going on... Uh, Mrs. Mother's Day, Ellie's home alone, she's sad about this, Morgan shows up, and they have a kind of sweet moment where they bond over both missing Chuck. Morgan tells Chuck that, or Morgan tells Ellie that she's been a great sister to Chuck, and she asks about his sales competition, he says he's gonna fall on his sword the next day because he's definitely gonna get fired for not selling enough stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also, I don't understand how Morgan has his job in the first place because he's so bad he's really bad at it yeah he doesn't seem like he's ever good at any part of his job yeah i don't know there's um low bar at the buy more i guess i guess so low standards yeah uh meanwhile we have another great fight i didn't write down many things about it other than in all capitals another great fight another great fight that's really good um chuck makes up for his mistake earlier by just grabbing the back of ben's wheelchair as he's trying to roll away so he can't Mm -hmm. go he says, forget it, Ben, it's Chinatown, which yeah. is uh, a famous line from the movie Chinatown. Oh, the fight, this was the fight in the kitchen when they were, like, throwing yes, knives yeah. at each other. And doing which was, that thing. was really cool. Yeah. I, like, I've said this before, and I will say it again, I really love when they use uh, non-fighting objects to fight. They have, like, pots and pans, they have meat cleavers, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also fun is that Chuck says this line to the actor who, as we mentioned, is James Hong. He plays Ben, and he was also in Chinatown. He was also in Big Trouble in Little China, in which his name was David Lopan. So, fun fun references all around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I picked up on none of them. I That's picked okay. up on the reference to R.I.P.D. <laughs> and that was it. Um, the next day, Morgan hands in his resignation just as Ellie shows up and spends $700. She tells the cashier that uh, Morgan helped her, so he becomes second place in the competition. Can you imagine going to a store and spending $700? I could imagine doing it on Amazon. There so, you go. Uh, you could, you could oh, you're going to have to buy $700 worth of stuff and I have to... I don't know. Like, what do you think she was buying? She's, she I says what she bought. She's, she bought stereo equipment, okay. she said. But the objects that she were, they were putting in her bag were really little. Mm. And Maybe they said, it was that would be $700. I don't understand how the pricing works to buy more. Because that thing that Morgan was showing that mm. other customer earlier, he's like, you get it for $50 cheaper. Yeah. $50 cheaper? That's a big what, How much is this to begin yeah. with? And it was like a small thing. Yeah. What is it? I thought it was a walkie-talkie, actually, I was thinking. For her sick nephew. Oh, uh, okay. She can, like, communicate with the sick nephew. Maybe. Be like, where are you? Be like, yeah. sick. <laughs> we'll hang in there. Over and out. Beautiful. Just like Stranger Things. Just like Stranger Things. Wait, is this go Stranger Things yourself? Yes, it is. Oh, I'm in the upside down. It's so cold. <laughs> oh, Will, can you hear me, buddy? Can you hear me over and out? Yeah. I got a girlfriend now, Will. Have you done this before? Because I feel like I got... Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Good times. Yeah, I'm Steve. I'm all cool now. I love Steve. Hey, I'm the... The white supremacist racist dirtbag brother that is the most uncomfortable character in this he entire sucks. program. He's gonna flirt with your mom. He's gonna, he's gonna, I'm gonna be uncomfortable. Flirt with your mom and have a mustache, <laughs> but I'm gonna listen to Metallica. It's gonna look a little like Zac Efron. You're gonna have to Google is Zac Efron in Stranger Things. It's not. He's in a Ted Bundy movie. Someone else. Incidentally, uh, this uh, this fellow, the the guy that plays the creepy dirtbag mm-hmm. brother guy. Mm-hmm. The Red Power Ranger and the Power Ranger. Reasons. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I think we're talking about the climax of episode five of Chuck. The climax of the sales competition is that Big Mike, I wrote Bike Mike again, so I guess I'm having a lot of trouble with his name. Um, he reveals that no one is getting prizes or getting fired. The competition was just for motivation. Uh, so, typical uh, retail yeah. management <laughs> bullshit. Yep. That's how okay. it works. No prizes and no punishment for not doing it. So there's no point in doing it in the first place. You heard it here first, him, folks. Getting him to work. A so damning review of the, uh, of the industry. It's, yeah, it's shitty. That's yeah. what they do. They have stupid contests. They go from allowing someone like Morgan to not do anything and be mm-hmm. so inept at his job, and then all of a sudden they decide that the standards that they have not been enforcing this entire time are now going to apply for a little bit. So they're going to pretend to enforce those rules mm-hmm. and like have those expectations for a little while until they realize that those expectations are unreasonable or they decide that it's not really feasible. So then they go back to not having expectations and having low expectations of the employees. And the cycle continues wow. nonstop. Just a regular, fi- regular Karl's Mar- Karl Marx over here. Five billion years until the sun swallows the earth. Did you ever have a sales competition or any kind of competition? Yeah. Yeah, I've, you had, win? I've had competitions. Um, there was one I think I, I may have won. Wow. I think the numbers might have been a little faulty, but I think I <laughs> I think I, I won. Which which job was this at? This was when I worked at Goodwill and oh. I was getting people to round up their, their dollar, their purchases to the oh. nearest dollar for donations. That's really nice. I think I won. Good. Good for, for you. Know, for all intents and purposes, I won. Yeah. Who cares? No one is gonna listen to this who <laughs> will tell me otherwise. And if you do Go chuck yourself. Wow. Um, 
the emotional crux of the episode is when uh, Chuck heads home to have Mother's Day with Ellie, they decide they can have it a day late. He finds out that Ellie has invited not only Morgan, but also Sarah. Do you get a vibe here, like, that they were kind of suggesting, like, Ellie and Morgan might be, like, uh, a thing that could happen in the future? Yes. There were, like... She, she says a thing about how, like, Devin couldn't get off of work, we haven't seen mm. him at all in this episode, and then, like, Morgan's the one who's been, like, there for her and helping her through, like, issues, yeah. and, like, they've been bonding. It was, like, it was weird. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it, but I don't know. Like, that, I don't, I don't know that that comes up again, so it's kind of weird, but, like, they were definitely telegraphing it. I don't remember that being a thing mm. at all, so yeah. I was very thrown off. I was yes. like, is this, they can't be a thing. Yeah. Right? Because Ellie is happy with Devin. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I Why would, think so. They don't characterize Devin as having any negative traits at all. No. And that's not like a negative trait. It's not yeah. like one of those characters like, well, he's perfect. And he has, yeah. It's like, he's just a really good, he's solid guy. He's just really guy. good. Yeah. He's good? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know why they were making me doubt their relationship. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I don't know. But we also find out that Chuck's mom left him and Ellie. So mm. that's why they celebrate Mother's Day in October, because it's the anniversary of the day their mom left and they like began to rely on each other so that's a um interesting character development tidbit that i don't think we've heard anything about so far no yeah so. they don't reference the parents at all yeah for their so. own life cool but Very man good. chuck's parents the garbage fire that is yeah that sounds like a garbage fire that's not way that's way down the road oh yeah we're gonna get to it we'll get there in like four seasons in four years probably yeah. but Timothy dalton is around that's nice. Yeah. I always like when he's oh, yeah. Oh, it gets so weird. It's going to get so weird. It's going to get weird, guys. And that's how the episode ends, right? When they yeah. talk about Mother's Day? I really liked... Um, I can't I can't go off the top of my head of how each episode ended, but I think a lot of them were like Chuck and Sarah, or mm-hmm. like Chuck like by himself. But I really liked that this one ended on Ellie and Chuck. Mm-hmm. Like, talking together, having a nice time. That was nice. Yeah. I really liked it. The sibling episode. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. It, uh, again, made me pretty sad. So, what can you do? That's okay. I mean, there's, you never know. You might get a sibling someday. Okay. All right. And on that note, we're going to take <laughs> a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more of Go Chuck Yourself. Talk about Chuck versus the sizzling shrimp. Which, uh, he doesn't fight sizzling shrimp. He doesn't enter a, a sizzling shrimp eating contest. That would be fun. Point. That yeah. would be fun. That would be really good. I should write a, a Chuck Specs. It would be kind of hard. Well, does sizzling shrimp have tails? I, I think like so, yeah. It, it could be dangerous, so maybe it's better if you do that. This like, is really gross. I'm glad you guys don't have to see this. <laughs> I, it's as gross sounding as it looks. That's true. We'll be right back. Hang tight! Chuck yourself. We just talked about Chuck versus the sizzling shrimp. We have a few more points that we need to cover. One of which is a segment that is uh, was first discovered. Actually, I think it was archaeologists found this in an ancient tomb somewhere. Really? That was written down in hieroglyphics. Uh, hiero- <laughs> Can you say that word? Hieroglyphics. <laughs> Anyhow, they found this old writing, and it said, interesting information, and they were like, what does this mean? And then it said, with Aaron Arada. 
Then, then they knew. And then they, they knew, knew exactly. So the segment has been around for a very long time. So, um, as I talked about in the uh, actual plot synopsis, there were a lot of kind of references and callbacks to, like, kung fu movies, to um, other, like, spy or crime-based action films. Um, we had some actors from said films making reappearances and having little references to roles that they had played, etc., etc., um, so I wanted to bring about a uh, very special interesting information and ask you, Chris, who are your spies? What, what spies have influenced you in your life? Who, who are the spies that you uh, look back on and you think, that was, that's one of my spies. One of my spies? One of your spies. Like when I was younger and I was just starting out. And I was yeah, like, like Jennifer and Garner I just, and Alias. Like, who do I look that, into? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a, that's a random example. Um, who are my spies? Well, I always liked Daniel Craig as James Bond. <laughs> All right. Um, I haven't seen really any of the other James Bond movies, mm. but Daniel Craig was is our generation's James Bond. James Bond well, I like, for now. Oh, we have what's a, happening? Well, our good friend Idris. Is that going to be a thing? I think so. I think really? I think he tweeted something to that effect. He oh, tweeted man. like a like the number seven or something. I don't know. Ooh. It's gonna happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Daniel Craig thing is pretty much worn out. Yeah. But I really liked Casino Royale, mm-hmm. and I really like Skyfall. Okay. And then the other two movies Skyfall. are bad. I don't even. Solace and oh. Spectre are. <laughs> Do you have one of them, like, on your uh, TV in college? Do you have one of the DVDs for one of those? I have Casino Royale on DVD. Alright. I think it's still in the wrapper, like, most of my Chuck DVDs, but... Great. One of these days... One of these days. One of these days. I actually had a deluxe box set of Casino Royale that came with Casino Royale poker cards and poker chips. That's pretty fun. Why did I have this? Who knows? Loved it. Just loved it so much. Just loved it. Um, I don't think I have any more spies. Would you consider... From video games, would you consider Solid Snake to be a spy? Sure, why okay. not? He's, he's, he's a spy. Yeah. yeah, he's not like an undercover sexy spy, but he sneaks into places and yeah, he does, does things, things yeah. to protect people. Maybe I have a couple spies. You have a couple spies. Obviously, Kim Possible. Oh, oh, can I add her to my list sure, too, you or can no? Add her. Okay, yeah, she can be there. That's legitimately uh, someone. Yeah. I had a um, kind of like Mandela effect thing going on because there was a series of books I used to read um, that I saw was called Cam Johnson and it was a girl, she wasn't really a spy but she like solved mysteries, she had a photographic memory and she was called Cam because her brain was like a camera, Hmm. but actually she's called Cam Johnson, so I just misremembered that for years. Bernstein bears? Bernstein bears, there must be a a wormhole somewhere. Um, Another thing I'd don't know counts as a spy, but I read The Da Vinci Code in sixth grade, so uh, he's he's solving some mysteries. He's uh, solving the mystery of why my mother allowed me to read that as a sixth grader. I think I read it in seventh or eighth grade, probably. Alright, so it's okay. Around that same age. Um, but I have a very, very big, very important uh, couple of spies for you. Uh, the, the Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Junie and Carmen. Classic. They're great, great, great spy kids. I, uh, I saw all of those movies. I did not see number four, because that came out, I think, when we were in college, and it had smell-o-vision, and I didn't want to mess with that. But I did see... Um, I also had different characters. Nobody wants that. Um, I did see the first three in theaters. 
Steve Buscemi has a great role in uh, Five Kids 2. He has a very deep line where he says, do you think God stays in heaven because he's scared of what he's created here on Earth? And it's beautiful. That's in a, a Spy Kids Spy movie? Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. Oh my God. Steve Buscemi. Wow. Yep. That's, that's deep. Yeah. Um, I also, this isn't a spy, but I definitely had a spy kit when I was a kid mm -hmm. that I got from a Scholastic Book Fair. I ordered it from one of the catalogs. And it had something you put in your shoe, like a false heel or something, to like, uh, like, add space that you could like sneak things in there. Nice. Um, also, I think about this a lot. I had sunglasses that had like mirrors on the side so you could like watch people behind you. And they were like very obvious about it, but like at the time I was like, this is quite cool. This is cool, in yeah. case I ever need to know who's behind me. Yeah. Really good. So, who are your spies? Now who we know the spies? answer to that question. Can I add one more spy? Please do. Can I add uh, Agent Cody Banks, performed by Frankie Muniz? Yes, you can okay. add him. He's All right, okay. Cool. All right. He is, he is a spy. Those are our spies. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, we have more interesting information to share. Please tell me what it is. The This is a an interesting tidbit uh, that this will be the last episode <gasps> of Go Chuck Yourself. Bum, bum, bum. That's recorded in this particular spot. Wow. Uh, because Aaron is going to be moving. I wanted to be on location in mm -hmm. uh, sunny Los Angeles so that I could really get into the characters of Chuck's head. So uh, I am... Heading out there, specifically to do that. That's the only reason I am going. The only reason. I'll be it blows my mind that you're going to be in California talking about Chuck. I might even be in Burbank. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I'll just oh, uh, I'll find the Buy More. It exists, right? No. You're wearing a shirt from it, so clearly it must exist. Reality and fiction are blending in this moment because <laughs> I am wearing a shirt from a fictional store. We have been recording the show live from New York. It's... Thursday night. Woo! That was exciting. That was stupid. Uh, yeah, we've been <laughs> recording in New York. We've been recording in Queens primarily. And uh, we did the one episode in Brooklyn. This is an exciting time. This is the last episode in Queens, but we will continue to do this show uh, using the power of the internet and the power of the intersect. <gasps> so uh, it's not the end of the show, but it will just be slightly different. So this is the last time that we were, not the last time, but for a little while, the last time that we were recording this in person together, mm -hmm. but we'll still record it, yeah. and we'll still uh, continue our Chuck journey. And I'll offer some great insights into uh, LA stuff. You will. Probably, yeah. Be weird. Probably like all that traffic, you know? Sucks. All that traffic, all yeah. that smog. Yeah. Oh god, everything's on fire, I'll we don't in, have any water. I'll be in the car recording, and I'll be shouting at people in the spotting room. Yeah. Uh, a spontaneous dance number might break out next to me, I think that happens. Oh, in uh, L.A. L.A. Elend. <laughs> That's that movie, right? Yeah. Yep. L.A. L.A. Elend. It's a good movie. L.A. L.A. Elend. Well, we had to get that out of the way. Yep. So it doesn't really impede your listening experience at all, but just something that we wanted to share. Yeah. Something else that we want to share is a segment that we call Chuck Mary Kill, and this is a segment where we identify one portion of this episode that we would like to commit to for the rest of our lives and another portion of this episode that we would like to rid from existence yep that's a good description chuck mary kill chuck mary kill who would you marry uh i would or what would you marry okay well i know everyone's thinking about it and everyone's gonna ask and everyone's like well you would marry a you know 
Sarah and it'd be like, yeah, of course I would marry Sarah. I would marry Yvonne Strahovski and that's fine and we all know that and so just stop asking me and I'll stop <laughs> saying it. You got me, okay? That's the truth. That's the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. Um, you want me to go first? Please, please do. Okay. Uh, I have... My marry and kill are related. Okay. Um, do you want to say both of them at once then? Um, sure, that would okay. be nice. All Thank right. you. You're welcome. Uh, my marry is the scene between Chuck and Ellie mm-hmm. that's like halfway through the episode where they have a heart to heart. It's not the one at the end, but it's the one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I did not write down exactly what they talk about in mm-hmm. that scene. But there's something about. Um, Ellie is concerned that Chuck is keeping secrets from her, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't understand since when, because they've always been so close, why that they, why is he keeping secrets, and why is he acting weird, mm-hmm. and what's going on, and that she, he can tell her anything, um, and that was a scene that spoke to me, and mm-hmm. that I enjoyed, and gave me a little bit of something to hold on to in this episode that I otherwise felt was kind of flimsy, mm-hmm. so that was my highlight was that particular scene. I do think that to point out a criticism of this, and I don't know if you're picking up on this, but I feel like the way that Zachary Levi and, oh God, Ellie's name is Sarah Lancaster. Yeah, you did. That was great. Zachary Levi and Sarah Lancaster. I think that the way that they play it a lot of times, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like a romantic love. That's, that's weird. Do you feel that as well? Um, No, but I have, uh, as we have established, I am a sad, lonely person who has never had a sibling, so I just assume that how they're doing it is how it happens. Okay, that's fine. So. Alright, I just felt like it was kind of weird, like there there was some kind of like... Chemistry. <laughs> some kind of chemistry that should not be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, maybe that was just me. Okay. But then my kill is another chemistry that I did not want to be there, and that is the Morgan and Ellie. Mm-hmm kind of thing mm-hmm. because as I've established before on the show I'm a big fan of Captain Awesome and I think he can do <laughs> no wrong and I think he's the best so I don't understand what they're because they're dropping down hints like they're, yes oh maybe like Ellie's thinking of Morgan yeah. in a different way now and I'm like no none of that not, cut it out yeah. did you see that there was on the refrigerator there's a picture of Awesome with a fake mustache I did not see that that's there that's amazing that's how could you choose anyone else exactly that's the only uh snippet that we get of him in this mm. particular episode but it's just weird because i don't think it comes up anymore yeah it's and weird that they would even mention it if they're not gonna yeah do anything. it just felt kind of weird maybe uh viewers were not having it i just think there's ways of defining their friendship yeah. that didn't make it seem like uh yeah i don't know and maybe they didn't mean to make it mm. seem like suggestive or like romantic but it just for me do. came across as yeah. it would be one thing like i said moments ago that if they were characterizing awesome as a dick mm-hmm. and a jerk yeah then it would make more sense yeah. it would almost be cliched it would yeah. be cliched to do that mm-hmm. but the fact that awesome is just a really good guy yeah, all around guy. and ellie seems to be satisfied yeah. with her life just all right. understand kill it get it get it, get out, it of out of here so for me i really liked all of the scenes of chuck having a stakeout um we have some scenes of him in the car doing various things. He's listening to Hall and Oates. He's, uh, I don't know, like dancing, singing. He's having a grand old time. He mm-hmm. said, steakouts aren't really that bad. But one of my favorite things that he did was order sizzling shrimp, 
to the stakeout car. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Gotta eat. Gotta eat. And I think it maybe made their car less conspicuous if they were sitting outside of a Chinese restaurant and then they ordered sizzling shrimp. Like, mm -hmm. that seems that seems like something you would do as opposed to just sit there parked and, like, stare. It's so, like hiding in plain sight. Yeah. So Chuck is pretty smart. Um, I really liked that the episode was playing with references to martial arts movies and movies like Chinatown, but there was some kind of, not exactly racially charged, but there was some iffy stuff going on. Uh, one of the things when Mailing is considering defecting, Chuck says something about how America isn't so bad, has she had Chinese food, and Sizzling Shrimp is pretty good. So that was a little uh, heartless, I guess, to say to her. Um, there's also a scene later where Casey is about to say, like, white on rice, and Sarah stops him and gives, like, a pointed glance at Mei Ling, which I didn't even understand. Because um, I don't think... I yeah, don't it made me stop. I was like, is that a racist thing? Because yeah. I don't think it is. Urban Dictionary says it's not. It's not yeah, racist? I guess um, Probably shouldn't go off of what Urban Dictionary true. says isn't, isn't racist. Yeah. But I could do without these lines, um, or alternatively, at the very least, I could have done with the only Chinese character in the episode. I could have had her school the other characters on some of these weird comments, or even just, you know, not have her only defining trait be that she's really good at martial arts. <laughs> Which Any is absolutely things. what her defining trait yes. was. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. Besides the martial arts, and then also wanting to get her brother back. Yeah. And it was, yeah, she's pretty... Two, two features of her character. Two features, two dimensions, two-dimensional. So, I would not kill her, but I would no. kill her two-dimensionality and or the uh, interesting uh, joke choices that they make. I was confused by, because Chuck is like, oh, she just needs to defect, and he's campaigning for her to defect mm -hmm. to the United States. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with how this works, but is defecting as easy as just being like, I'm working with the U.S. now. I or just think, defecting would be the fact that she is working with the U.S. Would well, be like treason. Yeah, I think that the connotation was that she was going to give them Chinese secrets. Like, oh, tell okay. them the intelligence of what China is doing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So that would be why she wouldn't be allowed back anymore. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe she would work for the U.S.? I don't know if they would... I don't know. I don't know exactly. But Chuck was very cavalier about the whole thing. And it, it seemed like a big deal. And, like, she has to leave her country and her brother, we see her give him a tearful hug as he goes back to the airport and she cannot. So, uh, thanks Chuck. Defecting. You did it. You really yeah. did it. thought there would have been a little bit more paperwork or something to defect, but I guess it's just <laughs> like, hey, yep. this is what I'm doing now. She's gonna go hang out with Beckman though, so like, win-win. Sure. Everybody's happy. What if they actually characterized her in a way, made her multi-dimensional and mm -hmm. had her like as a reoccurring character that mm -hmm. occasionally came back. That'd be fun. That would be I, really I nice. Yeah, I don't think, nice. yeah, I don't think no, so. I don't think I've fine. ever seen her. Well, this, is, uh, this talk is getting critical anyways, so might as well move into the final segment, yep. which is Does It Hold Up? Mm -hmm. Where we talk about, based on this episode of Chuck, does the season, does the series, does the idea of Chuck hold up this many years later? I would say that this episode did have... Um, some some issues as I have mentioned in my kill. Mm -hmm. I think that um, what the episode was doing right um, in terms of making references to other media properties that the writers or the characters were interested in, um, the fight scenes which are one of its strengths, um, the relationships that we are building between the characters I think were still strong so I think it 
holds up and that I would probably watch another episode from this point. Um, we're pretty invested five episodes in. We've had some really good episodes, so I think I would stick with it. But of the, um, of the episodes so far, I wouldn't say this is the weakest or the strongest, but I think there were some weaker elements that maybe wouldn't uh, be on television today, I would hope. Okay. I think um, I have a little bit of a different stance. Okay. I do think it's the weakest one that we've seen okay. thus far. We've only seen five, yeah, so that's nice. not really saying anything. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of does it hold up, I would say barely. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just giving it the slightest of, yes, it does hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt not engaged in this episode. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was just because I was watching it late at night and I was kind of tired mm-hmm. or what the deal was, but I felt like with, like I said, it felt kind of flimsy with the some of the, the plot and the mm-hmm. characterizations. Um, I think I have a hard time getting locked in with episodes that don't have to do with the major arc of mm-hmm. the show because I think a lot of times they do the little episodes that are kind of one-offs that yeah. don't necessarily have any effect on the direction of the show or, like, the major characters or anything like that. It's a little, like, side adventure, sort of. Um, I think the only redeeming thing was the Chuck and Ellie stuff. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that, but the the rest of it, I just kind of... Like I said, when I can detect that it's going to be a one-off kind of thing, it mm-hmm. doesn't... It's hard for me to get into unless they do it really, really well. Yeah. So, um, I'm saying yes, but very tentatively saying yes. Saying yes so, to the Chuck. Saying yes, very little yes. Um... All right, great. Yep, and uh, Templeton's about to start scratching a scratching post, so that means that it is time for us to wrap up. If you have any thoughts or feelings on this episode of Chuck, or just in general, if you want to see a picture of Chris's wonderful Buy More shirt, you could hit us up on Twitter at GoChuckPodcast. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, feel free to email us at GoChuckYourselfPodcast at gmail.com. You can do both of those things. You, you can do, do neither of those, of those things. things. You can do one of those things. It's up to you. Up Only to you it. can decide. And that's all we got for you right now, what the Chucksters. <laughs> uh, remember that from earlier? Anyhow, my name's Chris Gillespie. Food is sexy. My name's Aaron Arata. Anything is possible. And for the last time, we're signing off from Queens, New York. Woo! And we're going to the interwebs. We're going to L.A. Well, I'm, I'm not going to I'm L.A. Going to LA. You're not allowed to come with me. Please do not come with me. Ouch. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadokawa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us using at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.